Welcome to the As You Go Women's Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Community Church Podcast Network, where you can find other great resources such as Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, and more. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Kathy, hosting alongside Kendall. Today, we're super excited. Um, We are joined by Christy McClellan. Christy is a professor, an author, a speaker, um, as a matter of fact, you were just speaking to our women yep. as our women are kind of <laughs> so wrapping. Good. Yes, oh, I'm so excited. Um, as our women are kind of wrapping up their Jesus and Women um, series that that you wrote. So thank you for for doing that today. You also lead biblical study trips, um, and you have a new podcast out, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit, and so much more. So thank you for joining us. Thank you us so much for having me. I'm today. excited. Can't uh, wait. We're so it's going to be awesome. So I shared kind of the, you know, if you're going to Google, this is what you're going to find about Christy, right? Um, but we want to know, like, tell us the inside scoop on who is Christy. Mm, she is a Bible nerd. Yeah. <laughs> she is mischievous and adventurous. Love that. Um, she will eat anything. Oh, She loves international food. I'm talking about Mm. myself in third person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I love people. I'm a six on the Enneagram. I don't know if y'all do Enneagram around here. Yes, we do. um, Learn that in therapy during this season. (laughs) Learning a lot (laughs) these days. But um, my passion is to be a bridge between the Western church and the worlds and lands of the Bible. Um, I function like a time machine. I function like a bridge. Um, when the Lord opened up the door in 2007 for me to go study the Bible in Egypt and Israel, I tell people all the time, I went to Israel and learned that the living God is better than I ever knew. And for the last 14 years, it's been my great joy um, to take people to Israel, to Turkey and Greece, to Italy, and to set biblical tables here stateside and even here in our own city, you know, together here in Middle Tennessee and just to feast on the word together, like the Bible's meant to be communally experienced. Have a little dog named Chester, who is the love of my life. He's love 13. It. He's named after one of my favorite theologians, G.K. Chesterton. That's awesome. That's amazing. But uh, Chesterton was too long for a dog. So yeah. we, Chester, it's it landed there. Um, but he has his own little stuffed Torah scroll. And he's a little nerd, too. <laughs> and we go walking every morning That's at 5 a.m. So I tell people all the time, as Christians, we talk about rhythms and practices of the mm-hmm. faith, Bible study, prayer, going to church, tithing, missions. But my central rule of life um, is every morning at 5 a.m., Chester and I go on a walk. I love that. And I don't take technology. It's just me and my dog and a cup of coffee walking with the living God. And I'm a morning person, so it's really that spirit of, like, first fruits. It's like beginning my day. And I don't spend a lot of time on those walks praying. I'm just doing a lot of being, breathing, simmering, listening. And I find that when I get home every morning from those walks, the Lord has somehow calibrated me, established me, centered me. I feel like I'm ready for my day. And um, so I love nature. I love walking and hiking. And, you know, I'm like a experiential being. So I want to taste it, touch it, sit with it, hug it, 
<laughs> you know? Um, so that's a little bit about me. I'm from rural Mississippi originally. So I was moving north when I came to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people from California and New York moving yep. to our city right now. So it's been fun. But I'm always up for an adventure. I love the Word of God. I love His people. I love Israel. I sleep like a baby on an airplane. I even like the little triangle of cheese that you get <laughs> when you're flying. Yep. Um, that's just a little bit about my heart and who that's I am. Awesome. I love it. Okay, I want to know what's the most adventurous thing that you have eaten? That's a great question. So the, I have eaten things that I didn't know what it was. So let's let's go with that. Okay, that's a great. <laughs> when I was in India, answer. so I ate the mystery, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. like, isn't okay. that a rule of life, learning to eat the mystery? Because half the time we don't know it's what we're doing. Rule. So, yeah, yeah. yes. But um, I did actually eat um, part of a cow heart in India Whew. one time. That's rough. Yeah, it, and it was. It yeah. was not good. But when you're hungry. You do what you can. You make it work. You eat what's put in front of you. That's right. amazing. That's right. Yeah. So that. I actually sat under your teaching. It's probably been four or five years ago now. Um, did a Bible study. And I was in seminary at the time, which I actually just absolutely loved. But I learned so much from you about the context of scripture and the way that we view it through our own lens as opposed to the lens in which it was written and just learning so much about the cultural and the historical background. Um, that's really been helpful for me even in these past few years. So it's neat to sit across from you now. I'm like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> just really neat. Yeah, so. seriously. I, I love um, the study because I felt like I never really, I didn't go to seminary or do any of that kind of thing, you know, and diving into the study, just kind of having that like historical context. And then also just like how the old Testament connects to so much of the stories of these women walking alongside Jesus is just something that's really unique and special and something that really transforms like your own faith and how you view your relationship with Jesus. And it's just really like such a special thing to kind of experience. So thanks for putting it out there. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, Yeah. So I love what you said earlier about um, just your walks that you have with Chester in the morning and and just the chance to kind of um, let the Lord calibrate your heart, let the Lord speak to you in those moments and and you don't get there um, in a day, right? So can you tell us a little bit about your faith journey and kind of how God, through that, maybe through your life, um, how he called you into being a speaker, a teacher, an author? Absolutely. So I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, too, both girl. of my parents, right on, um, people of faith. My yes. dad was a deacon in our church and sang in the choir. He had a beautiful tenor voice. He passed away when I was 21. So that's been a big loss. Yeah in my life. And my mom is 86 and still at that church serving as church hostess. So she's going to feed you. She's got the gift of hospitality and is an amazing cook. And so I'm one of those people that came out of the womb singing Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. I knew all 97 verses right out of the womb. And so grew up in the church, had heard the gospel. But when I was nine was when I heard the gospel. I really understood that the living God was inviting me into relationship with him through faith in Jesus. And I remember being different after that. And a nine-year-old would never have language for this, but part of what the living God started in me 
was just a love of the Bible. I became divinely, spiritually curious about the scriptures. That's what the Spirit of God now living inside of me was right. stirring. And so I'm asking my pastor questions. Where are the dinosaurs in the book of Genesis? <laughs> and, you know, driving my parents crazy and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so for me, it's been a really interesting journey as a woman of faith and as a female Bible teacher um, in the South. And yeah. growing up, and I loved my Southern Baptist Church. I accepted Christ there. I was baptized there. The roots of my faith are there. I'm so, I mean, it, it's it's the stilts yeah. that sort of my spiritual house is built on. Um, but it was also a church where if you were a woman, you could sing in the choir, you could cook the casserole, or you could hold the babies. Mm -hmm. And I can't sing. I don't cook. And I mean, I like babies, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hold your baby and give it back to you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was batting 0 for 3, yeah, you know, as a woman, yeah. right? Like what I was perceiving as Christian womanhood and, yeah. and all of that. And so just kept growing up there. And when I was 15 years old, this will show you like when I say I'm a nerd, I mean it. I'm 15 years old reading systematic theology books because <laughs> who doesn't want That's soteriology amazing. and pneumatology and ecclesiology and all that when you're 15? Um <laughs> But there was a moment for me when I was 16 years old, and I thank God for youth pastors because youth pastors played a role in my life. Like there's something about young people. So trying to figure out the world and figure out themselves and, and asking their questions. But I was walking down the hallway at my church when I was 16 in rural Mississippi at my Southern Baptist Church, and my youth pastor just stopped me. And I'm sure he was asking all the kids this, um, but it was such a divine moment for me. And he looked at me and he said, Christy, I want to ask you something. And I said, okay. And he said, what is it that you would do all day, every day for the rest of your life for free? Now, what 16-year-old is even trying? I'm trying to figure out, am I going to Pizza Hut on Friday night with my <laughs> friends or are we going to Burger King? So I'm from a small town, so <laughs> limited options. But it was this moment, and all of a sudden, I heard myself say I would teach people the Word of God. Oh, that's awesome. And I realized that I was burning for something I had never seen yet, and I was burning for something that I'd always been told I couldn't really have. Mm -hmm. So how do you long and actively long for things that you're not really sure they're for you and that the church is telling you yeah. it may not be for you. So that's a lot of like the soil of the beginnings of just faith and life for me. And so, but I knew in that moment at 16, I don't know how I would have worded it, but there's some kind of a call of God on my life. And somehow I am going to end up teaching Bible. Mm -hmm. And then that's exactly what's happened. Like you fast forward now sitting here today, I'm 47 years old. And, you know, sometimes I will write letters from myself now back to that girl at 16. Yeah. And I love getting to tell her, just wait, yeah. like keep reading your books, keep leaning in. You don't see it yet, but it is more real than you even know. And you're going to walk into it. You're going to discover it. And um, so I'll always remember that night. And so, you know, the journey's been seminary and then studying in Israel and teaching. I'm in my 18th year of teaching Bible at Williamson College here in town. And you know, just loving taking people to Israel. I'm going back in two weeks, oh, as a matter of fact, oh, for the awesome. first time in two and a half oh, years. COVID has been brutal. I've not been able to get back to the land. So the last two and a half years have felt like an exile for me in a way, because um, Israel really feels like 
like home. Uh, but those were that was the genesis. And so I love meeting with younger women who have a passion for theology and Bible. And, you know, I always tell people we talk about theologians. Every person that's reading the Bible is a theologian because it simply means one who studies God. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about scholars, that's a different thing. If you want to get into the academy and degrees and all that kind of stuff, but every single person touching the scriptures, interacting with the living God in a kingdom of God community is a theologian. Amen. And, and I love seeing women realize that, come alive to that, mm -hmm. see the lights go on about that. Um, cause it's been such a part of my journey right. and my life. That's amazing. I, I love, um, that 16 year old version of you because yes. I work with students now and, um, it's also just an encouragement for me, like pressing in with those students and asking questions like that. Cause I feel like if you were to go around the church and, and ask these women or people on staff, like who was that person that asked you that question? Um, kind of as a pinpoint in your life, like, oh, I can look back at that and remember, you know, and I think the Holy Spirit was speaking to you in that moment, regardless of age, regardless of gender, like, this is the assignment I have over your life. And this is the passions I've given you and the, and the interests I've given you to help you carry out that calling. Um, so would you say 16 year old you would expect you at 47 to be in this, um, realm in this uh, ministry that you have now? I think she hoped for it. I think she hoped it would be true. Yeah. And she has figured out over time that it's very true. That's amazing. I love that. That's incredible. <laughs> I think about, That's really cool. I think about what my 16-year-old self might have hoped she would be doing now in 47-2, at 47 and I don't think there's any connection, anything that's the same <laughs> in the way that the, where the Lord has me and what yeah, I anticipated. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was going to be Britney gonna... Spears, so <laughs> didn't happen. That's awesome. <laughs> Not a cut on Britney Spears, but I'm incredibly thankful that you all are Kendall, Kirk, Kendall Kearns. Um, so what, in this season now, where you are now, what is something that you're celebrating? I mean, sitting here today, it's going back to Israel. Yeah. Um, you know, the last two and a half years have been a wilderness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I learned while studying in Israel is we view the wilderness very differently than the Jewish people and the people of the Bible. You know, here in the West, we get in the wilderness and our first question is, how do I get out of this? Yep. How long? <laughs> how long, oh Lord? Um, but in the Middle East, they ask a different question. You know, the wilderness is where you go to hear the word of the Lord. It's where you go to get your divar in the midbar, you know, like the word of the Lord dwells in wilderness. And um, so these last two and a half years that have felt like exile or like a wilderness, I, I tried to ask that question, you know, Lord, what is your word? What's your divar for me in this midbar, in this wilderness? And because, you know, when I couldn't go to Israel, it was the complete reallocation of my life, my time, right. my energy, what I'm doing. Um, you know, being a six on the Enneagram, I'm already scared of everything yep. <laughs> and like think through worst case scenario yep. of everything. And so like when it's actually sort of happening in, in real time and just having the Lord quiet my heart in those reallocations. Um, and I do feel like the last two and a half years in that wilderness for me, I am emerging from it with some things that the Lord has said to me, you know, I feel like I'm coming out with some clarity and 
a buoyant hopefulness. And, you know, the Bible does not say we have hope. It says we have a living hope. Our hopefulness is in a man. It's in Jesus. And so as I'm getting ready to pack my bags and go back over to the Holy Land, I was really sort of celebrating this morning as I was walking Chester at 5 a.m. You think about all the things in your life where you feel regret, that if you could go back, um, you would have done it differently. Um, You wouldn't have done it at all. Um, Or maybe you would have done something that you didn't do. You'd have taken that risk, that adventure. But I'm emerging from these two and a half years. And honestly, I don't feel regret. God's been faithful to me. And even the emaciation of not being able to go to Israel, which is like such a central tributary in my heart, um, the living God has not seen me to like starvation. You know, he has continued to meet with me. And it's good to know because we're all trying to learn to live life on its terms, right? Like life doesn't ask us um, and stuff comes out of nowhere. And it's good to know that the Bible is emphatic, that the living God is not only found on a mountain like Zeus on Mount Olympia, he's found in the valley. He's found in dust and ruin. He comes close to the brokenhearted. He was serious and took on flesh and came down to the ground and started walking around. And that gives us great hope because some of my days feel like a mountain. Some of my days, um, you know, all the stars align and I feel like I'm in this really deep shalom. But there's just a lot of days, you know, flat tires and electric bills and COVID and, and all of the things. And so really asking God to cultivate an attunement in me to hear him in the wilderness Um, I'm emerging from this two and a half years with a much deeper sense of that. I'm super grateful. Trying to remind myself and others as they're walking through those valleys, what if our prayer was more than I want to get out of this? I want to learn whatever it is that you want to teach me, Lord, and just pray over and over again. Absolutely. What do you want me to hear? What's maybe one or two things that the Lord did teach you in that time? in the wilderness over these past couple of years? You know, to be totally honest, I don't think I realized how much of my identity was wrapped up in taking teams to Israel. Um, Sometimes when you love doing what you're doing, it really can seep into like your personhood. Um, And so I think just kind of having that tabled. um, And then, you know, life feels like a swirl for me now because in the last two and a half years, Lifeway released Jesus and Women doing the Pearls podcast, you know, life's just different. Um, And so it's been learning that new world. You know, I was just telling the women this morning, somebody was asking me, like, what does all this feel like, Christy? And I said, honestly, I started crying. And I said, I didn't know that increase would feel so much like loss, you know, loss of privacy and anonymity. And um, it's a strange world for so many people to know who you are, and you don't know who they are. And So I just feel like the Lord has really been teaching me these last two and a half years, you know, that as I walk with him every morning at 5 a.m., in the words of Isaiah, he does go in front of me, but he also comes behind me like a rear guard. And it is not about me figuring out my life. It's about me waking up every morning and agreeing to be shepherded, agreeing to be led, um, to take the living God by the hand. And, and to walk out that day with him. Um, and whether it's fake eyelashes, lights, <laughs> camera action, 
and I have a weird thing about something coming at my eye. So me getting fake eyelashes is like traumatic. Fair, fair, um, enough. fair enough. So it's just a lot, a lot in that. But just trying to take the day at hand. And when I go to bed at night to know that I walked it with a living God, no yeah. matter what was in it, um, I'm learning contentment in that. And I feel like I'm learning to find like the deep joy pockets in that while feeling the sadness and the loss. So obviously you've been teaching and, and leading women for so many years in different capacities. And and obviously just like talking to you, reading your words, um, you have this deep, rich relationship with the Lord. And, and I know that comes with life and putting in sometimes what feels like hard work. And um, you still have like this personal life and and we're just walking through and, and trying to figure out like, you know, how to live and, and how to honor the Lord and how to have this deep, rich relationship. So how have those um, life experiences that you've walked through kind of impact the way that you teach and connect with other women now? I'm, a, I'm an only child, which means I am highly imaginative. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think in metaphors um, and I teach a lot with metaphors, but that connectivity I think living life, having those experiences with the Lord, like you were saying, living life with my community and all of the things, the metaphor that comes to me is it's taught me to be a midwife. It's taught me to walk through this world. And when I'm with you, I want to square up to you and I want to posture myself to catch whatever's about to come out of you. Yeah. And I want to tend to it. And I want you to feel safe with me. And I want you to feel like I'm hearing you and I'm seeing you and I'm taking you in. And a lot of that, you know, some of my work in therapy right now, like the family of origin stuff, there, there's a point of being able to give things you didn't get. So when I think about that, that, that feels really hopeful to me. And women are warm and lit creatures in the world. Like for the Jews, it's the mother alone who is allowed to light the Shabbat candles. Only the mother and they light too for the Jewish people on Friday night at sundown. And, and the rabbis were asked, like, why is this in a patriarchal, patrilineal world? Why is it the mother that gets to light the Shabbat candles? And the rabbis ruled on it. And they said it's because woman brings light and warmth to the home and to the world. And so we are light bringers and we're warmth givers. And so I really think that a part of us as women, as kingdom of God, women, as women, as following Jesus, is we get to be the agency of God's light and his warmth yeah. in the world. And listen, there's a part of me that's fierce and fire. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking a warmth like I'm sitting around knitting something all day, every day, <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. Um, I can touch my anger. There's a fierce part of me. But I want you to feel like you are in the presence of light and in the hands of something warm when you are with me. And that's a gift to give, whether you're having coffee or teaching from a stage or whatever you're doing. I really think the Bible is speaking to us as women in, in some of those things. And it's a, it's a gift that we are, and it's a gift that we're being invited to give to the world. Oh, yeah, totally. I love that because I think— so many women, like, I mean, all of us could speak from three different perspectives, but so many women feel insecure, little, small, um, maybe like they don't have a purpose from the Lord. And I think we sometimes fall into that trap 
so easily, whether that's just through our own comparison or insecurities, or if that's the enemy coming in and attacking what the Lord put there um, in us. But we need people like that to remind us, here's what the Lord says over your life, regardless of what number you are in the Enneagram. I'm a nine. I would love to sit there and knit with hot chocolate. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) But you as a, you know, like we're just all made for different purposes. Um, But in that, being that light, God put that in us as women, and we all have that same common thread. And to be able to press into that, like, is such such a gift, I think. Um, and today, actually, as we're recording, right, is the two-year anniversary of your study, Jesus and Women. Um, so we love Amazing. to be able to be here to celebrate that with you. Um, so obviously, we've gotten to hear a little bit of your origin story just with um, your love for Scripture and, and all the the different very academic maybe things that come with scripture. So tell us about Jesus and women um, and what your hope was for the study when you started it. And maybe if that's shifted at all in the time that it's been out. Too, oh, man, so. that's a great question. It, by the way, it's great to be with you guys today. <laughs> yes. Today's a big Thank day in my you. life. Yeah. And I love that we're literally in the church where we filmed oh, Jesus yes, and women. Yes. Uh-huh. So space and place are yeah, like coming exactly. together. But, you know, the real truth behind Jesus and women, and, and I don't know if I talk about it. I can't remember if I even talk about it in the study, but I had been on staff at a church for 17 years and had just resigned unto nothing. It was a faith journey for me. Um, I grew up in a world where you don't leave a job unless you have a job. And so that faith leap, it was a new adventure for me. And I honestly was just struggling because all of a sudden my days are wide open. I didn't know what was going to be next. I don't do well not knowing what's next. (laughs) If you can just show me the next lily pad, like Christy, you're jumping from here to there. I'm like, I got you. But the Abrahamic go to the land, I'm going to show you like that kind of a thing. K-Mac, my friends call me K-Mac, doesn't know how to do that. And so when I took that leap, it was real disorienting for me. And I remember I was walking Chester one day and I was just telling the Lord, like, Lord, I'm struggling. I've got to do something to like fill up my days or I feel like I'm going to go crazy. And the best way I know how to tell you is it felt like a thought from outside of my head, like a thought that came to me. And it just sounded like you should write a series on Jesus and women. And I remember I got home from that walk that day and just started pulling down books from my bookshelves and things I'd learned in Israel and started forming it. But the real truth of Jesus and women is I wrote that for me. I wrote it in that six-month period to give me something to do every day. And then I wrote it and started teaching it around the city and taught it around the city at various churches for maybe two to three years, which was just a time of curating and manicuring it, showering it, trimming it, you know. And then... Next thing I know, Lifeway wants to do it, which was another big adventure that I didn't see coming. And so on March 2nd of 2020, she was launched into the world. And I've always loved that because when you know that the origin of a thing was just something you did to help you in a season when you were struggling and needed to have definition to your day, that God knows how to multiply a thing. Um, Because now uh, we're in the process of translating and transcribing it into multiple languages and giving it away to women around the world. That's amazing. That's so so cool. We already have it. We have Jesus and women in Nepali and Tagalog and in Spanish. And we're getting ready to start um, Arabic and Mandarin. That's amazing. So we're going for broke now. So (laughs) what I wrote to give me definition to my day that blessed a city 
for three years, and now that it's making its way in the world, I would have never seen any of that. Oh, I never amazing. had vision for that, and it makes me trust it. Yes, because um, there was no five-year plan on a whiteboard. <laughs> there was no. I hope that we, you know, I hope it does this or that it goes there. But it really does just feel like a thing that the Lord just like pregnancy, like birthed through me. And now it's like a two-year-old toddler just <laughs> running just around the world. Around so, you know, just any this curious little kid. So, um, but I really, I love her origin story and, and it's made, and I love that I got to share it in my own city yes. for a few years. We had two or 3,000 women here in the city go through oh, it. Yeah. Um, I remember like hearing about it all the time. From people, like friends and people here at church, they were like, you got to do this. You got to yeah. do this. Getting to know Jesus in this first yeah. century world. Yeah. Um, it's transformational. It is. Yeah. But isn't that what he wants us to do is, you know, whatever he calls us to do, walk in obedience to that. And then it's incredible to get to see how he uses it when yeah. we share it with totally. other people. Absolutely. I mean, it's just discipleship in such a big form. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. Uh, we want to hear about your podcast. So new podcast, Pearls. Um, tell us about that. What's the what's your vision for it? What's the purpose? Of you it? Know, again, what's my vision? Uh, <laughs> so the story behind Pearls is um, I'm on the teaching team at my church here locally. It's called Church of the City. And I was teaching at one of our campuses on Mother's Day um, back in 2021. And Ronnie Taylor, who's at K-Love with Access More, was there that day. Um, and he just came up afterwards and was like, Christy, this is my first time hearing you teach, but we're looking for female Bible teachers to do teaching podcasts. Because yes. when I think podcast, I think this, you're yeah, right. a conversation with different yep. guests that you're inviting in. Um, and he was like, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, well, not really. I'm just a Bible nerd. I love taking teams to Israel. And he was like, well, let's meet, like, let's talk about this. Yeah. And so once I figured out like it's a teaching podcast and I can just be a nerd in front of a microphone and Caleb will <laughs> like, like yes, dress please. it up and send it out. I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so we filmed uh, season one. It's 12 episodes and it's called Pearls. And I love talking about this because we talk about Bible stories, but the Jewish people, they refer to them as pearls. And so oh, every awesome. story, it's a pearl of great, it's beautiful unto itself. It's of great worth. But what's more beautiful is stringing pearls together, that the Bible is one story. It's best read right. and understood from beginning yes. to end. And so for the Jewish people, when they're touching the scriptures, they're stringing those pearls together. We tend to pull one story up and sort of focus yep. on it. It's not a right or wrong. It's just a different. And so I called it Pearls. And uh, so there's 12 episodes. And I took just 12 of my favorite biblical pearls and um, taught them. And now we're putting them out in the earth. We filmed, there's an there's a audio version and a video version. And we filmed four episodes a day for three days back in December. And that was just fun because I am an Advent Christmas nut. <laughs> My Christmas tree goes up no later than November 15th. <laughs> this year, I took it down like January 20th. I, I mean, I, support, I, I, I just live. I mean, Christmas music, Oh Holy Night's my favorite song. So I say all that to say... There's a kindness of the living God in my life that something new, like a podcast, because I always feel intimidated when I'm doing something new for the first time. I pretty much live scared and then courage up. 
So I definitely define courage as just doing it scared to death because that's pretty much my whole life. But I'd never done a podcast before, like in the sense of it being mine. And so that was a new adventure. And I'd never worked with Kayla before. And that was a new adventure. So for all of this newness, I love that the Lord was like, but you're going to get to do it during Advent and Christmas, like in your <laughs> yeah. sweet spot. That's so, awesome. you know, I'd get up in the mornings and listen to Oh Holy Night and stare at my Christmas tree and sip my coffee and then go to the go get style, get my fake eyelashes and, yep. you know, teach the Bible all day and come home tired and do it again the next day. But the feedback has been just incredible. And it really is like what I love hearing. And, and I believe this good teachers just make people love the Bible for themselves. It's not the content that we're giving. That is not what makes a good teacher. It's not what makes a good rabbi. And so when I hear people saying, you know, listening to your podcast, I just, I'm enjoying reading my Bible. I'm like, there it is. There it is. You know, score, win. Let's call it a route. Let's all go eat, right? Like (laughs) mission accomplished because the scriptures are an adhesive. They bind us to God. They bind us to one another. And the more we touch them, the more bound we become in that beautiful, textured kingdom of God relational way. So to hear people saying, I'm reading my Bible more. I'm enjoying reading my Bible more. I feel like I'm understanding it a little bit better. That's what it looks like to be a bridge. That's back to that essential calling that I feel like I'll walk with. You have shared so much encouragement already today in who the Lord is, um, the living hope that, that we have, you know, what it looks like to be in relationship with him, the way that he grows us and teaches us and speaks to us at all points in our life, but the specialty of that in the midst of the valley and in the midst of the heart. And so our women listeners, they're in all different seasons. You know, we have from, I imagine, teenagers all the way up to the wisest Great of women. <laughs> the sages <laughs> among us, yes. Um, you know, some walking through those valleys in that wilderness right now, some maybe celebrating. What is just, what do you want to say, no matter what season you're in, what do you want women to hear today? That's a great question. That's a deep question. I think for today, and it's the same thing I would encourage every day, is that the Bible is inviting you to wake up every morning and live on the balls of your feet and not your heels. When the living God is handing out some of his kingdom adventures, they're going to come to women. And don't be surprised when they come to you. And however small, ordinary, and average, no matter what it is, know that you wake up every morning into a world that the living God is restoring. And he is inviting you to take part in that. The restoration that we receive, we're invited to become agency of it to others and take the adventures that come to you. They come from the right hand of God. That's beautiful. I loved that. As we wrap up today, we would just love to know um, how we can be praying for you, your ministry, especially your trip to Israel coming up soon. Um, what are those some, some of those ways that we can be praying for you? Yeah, I think the the pray for the team going to Israel because it's the first time we're all back with COVID. So just all the practicalities there. I think for me, you know, I talked about the last two and a half years and now mm-hmm. with Israel opening back up, I'm, I'm getting ready to have to navigate sort of the swirl that's happened the last two and a half right. years with being able to reintegrate Israel. So I've got some decisions to make and a path to 
fine and uh, and walk and how is all this going to look moving forward. So I'm trying to not um, feel like I have to have it all figured out. I'm kind of trying to eat the mystery a little bit right now and like let it unfold. So you can just pray that I will be patient in the unfolding of my life, really the rest of 2022, you know, just discerning that good, pleasing and perfect will of the Father for me and agreeing to walk it. Awesome. Well, we'd love to pray for you. So let's pray together. God, we just um, come before you uh, just in awe of the way you work in your people, Father, just knowing that everything you place on our hearts, God, that you will um, fulfill to completion in whatever way that you have designed, Lord. And I just um, thank you so much for the life of Christy, um, God, that you just came and invaded her heart at a young age, God, and that you placed on her heart this vision and this passion and this calling and this love for your word and for your scripture, God. And I just pray um, for her ministry, Lord, right now. I just pray that um, this passion that just seeps out of her, this um, obvious um, Holy Spirit, God, that you um, obviously have instilled in all of us, God, but just the way that you have um, spoken through that in her life. I just pray that it would um, overflow, God, to all of these women that are reading this study, um, God, in the, in the way that she's working in this ministry. I pray for all of the things that she puts out into the world that you have written, that you have authored through her. God, I just pray that they um, will be blessed and that so many people will come to know you through um, these things that go out into the world, Father. And I just pray for this trip coming up um, to Israel. God, I just pray for Christy as she prepares. Would you... Um, just be with her in in the newness, God, and just um, all the all the different things that are happening in her life, and and um, at kind of as she describes it, the swirl, God. I just pray that you would be with her in all of those things. I pray that she would have patience um, in in the learning and, and in the movement and the shifting, God. I pray that you would just remind her heart that you have given her all that she needs to do your will, Father. Um, I pray for um, God, just um, just the discernment and and just a um, a love for your um, word and to be obedient to what you have for her next. God, I just am so thankful for this time we got to hear her heart and and just all the ways that you have been working in her life. God, I just thank you so much for um, just the way that you are using her and, and the way that you will continue to use her all the days of her life. God, I just pray blessings on her um, and her life and her friends and her family. God, would you please just be with them um, and just find favor with them. God, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Yeah. Chrissy, thank you for sharing your heart and your time and encouragement, your journey with us. It's been a gift to sit around this table with you. Um, and our prayer is that our women have felt encouraged today and reminded of the hope that they have and because of Christ, right? Um, and how much he loves them and has purpose for each of them. Ladies, um, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe um, and listen to some other stories of the way that God is working in the lives of women and working through them and in them. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.